0: And welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy Rewatch Podcast.
1: I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her.
0: I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her.
1: Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
0: This is a spoiler-free podcast,
1: so whether you're watching for the first time,
0: or longtime fans like us,
1: we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time too.
0: During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy,
1: discuss the show's cultural impact,
0: and provide honest commentary from a 21st century lens.
1: Thank you for listening.
0: Now, onto to the episode.
1: Season 6, Episode 6, All the Way. All the way, indeed. Uh, Kara. Maybe this will not be a surprise to you at all, but I adored this episode. (laughs) It has all the teenage vibes that I eat up.
0: This is this is the Forgotten Halloween episode, right? Like, nobody ever talks about this episode as a Halloween episode, but it is. And Maybe it's the best one.
1: <laughs> oh, whoa! <What>?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm gonna hold you to this, Jeff. So far, you've been really enjoying season six. I think I'm helping you reevaluate it.
1: I think I just really enjoy talking about season six with you. <laughs> um, What's the diff? <laughs> Well, that's that's true. And like, honestly, like, I think three episodes ago, I was like, oh, like, I feel low. I feel low. And then we had a good time for Fluted. And then we had a really good time for life Serial. So like, here's another good time. So yeah, I'm not gonna tell you you're wrong, Cara. I, I am enjoying this. When I was watching this episode. uh Yeah, I was like, oh, another Halloween episode that yet yeah, we all forgot about. But my understanding of this episode just in the fandom, in the Buffy stratosphere, is that it's not very well liked. I wonder if that is be- that is tied into the fact that it's a Dawn episode, and a lot of people seem to not like Dawn. And I'm here to tell anyone who doesn't like this episode, you're wrong, because this episode is so funny. And, you know, my favorite seasons of Buffy are seasons like 1, 2, and 3, like the high school years. This took me back. To the high school years so i'm here for it
0: no i completely agree i love the teenage stuff in this um i love the xander anya stuff that we talk <laughs> oh, about oh yeah uh, i yeah. really really liked buffy in this episode mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we can get into that it, yeah it, this is just a great episode
1: all the teenage feels halloween the essence of angel is amongst the dialogue here as well praise malik what a great app if i were to rename this app i i said that i would rename it smirks all around and we'll find out why as we go through the scene by scene analysis here but uh did you have a different name that you could think of
0: i would call it all too well stealing from the great <laughs> taylor swift
1: it's so perfect <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great okay Let's get into it because just like All Too Well, the Taylor version, this is going to be a lot longer, (laughs) a lot longer version than the actual episode. We open up on the magic box and it is indeed Halloween and Anya is having a Halloween bonanza. It says the sign, Um, some sort of giant sale, perhaps it's packed. All right. It's packed like opening day back in season five. Like there are so many people here. Anya's on rollerblades and she's moving around the shop telling customers like everything on that table is half off, including the table. Buy one eyeball, get the second one free. Like she's in her element, right? I must say she's pretty competent on her roller skates there.
0: Yeah. So I want to know, is the set of the magic box bigger in this season? It feels bigger
1: feels bigger um it looks the same to me we're spending a lot of time in there
0: so. maybe they're just shooting it from a lot more angles so it, it seems like it has a bigger space but yeah like in season five it felt cozy and now you've got all those people packed in there plus Anya has enough room to roller skate <laughs> also that's not OSHA compliant
1: <laughs> you mean UPN came in there and was like we need a bigger magic box we need <laughs> it to be bigger
0: <laughs> it's bigger on the inside
1: <laughs> we're better than the WP make it bigger <laughs> so uh xander is dressed as a pirate and he's talking to a group of kids and i was like xander did you learn nothing from larry in season two halloween Mm -hmm. come on and also note his eye patch no reason just note it that's it um (laughs) so he's speaking in a pirate accent which i personally cara i really love pirate accents i think they're funny not his though um but he's talking to this one little boy and uh if you ever see cheaper by the dozen this little boy's in that movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, so this this kid was in like so many things in the early two thousands. His name is—I looked this up because so I recognized him too. Uh, his name's Stephen Anthony Lawrence. Still acting, uh, he played Beans in Even Stevens, <laughs> the TV show starring Shia LaBeouf and christy Carlson Romano, which I loved watching as a kid.
1: You know what's so interesting about you, Kara, that I've noted over the past three-ish, almost three years of podcasting with you is that, like, you don't know actors, like, you know, famous actors, let's say, like, really good (laughs) ones, but you always know these, like... (laughs) small well, I, time
0: I, I had to look the name up i didn't recognize it i didn't know his name but i'm like i've seen that kid before in something else and yeah I yeah, yeah, yeah. Up. yes but it yeah. happens
1: pretty commonly like it, i was when i was editing life serial and you like you name drop somebody that like i don't know like i don't know who that would be but you <laughs> seem to always know so i think that's really funny about you who are really cute who's pedro pascal <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> so this, this this kid so this kid's given xander sass and i love him for it um he's like you're not a real pirate real pirates
0: live on boats and don't look stupid <laughs> the kid has a point
1: right couldn't have said it better myself this episode's off to a great start um xander he's like ah i salty these lobby. maybe you be fishing for the taste of me hook and then giles calls him over so he goes to join him don walks up to anya and asks what she's supposed to be. And Anya, again, she's in roller skates and, like, 50s waitress outfit with her beautiful locks. And Anya says she's an angel. And Dawn's like, well, shouldn't you have wings? And Anya's like, no, this is a special kind of angel called Charlie. We don't have wings. We just skate around with perfect hair fighting crime. And I'll agree. Her hair is perfect in this scene. She asks where Dawn's costume is. And she says, like, I'm six years old. Halloween is so... And she she says... Lame. And first, what I wanted to say about this is that, uh, you're super boring, Dawn, okay? Halloween is so fun, dress up. The other thing I wanted to say is that the word lame, and you and I have shied away from using this word for a while now in our podcast, but um, it's used a lot in this episode, Mm-hmm. And it really stood out to me. And um, even if you go back and listen to me when we were covering seasons one and two, I used that term a lot. And it was some of our listeners who pointed out that that's ableist. And I learned from it. And I, I tried my best to wipe it from my vocab.
0: Yeah, yeah. And they actually, you know, they draw the connection to the ableist use later on in mm-hmm. the scene. Um, yeah. Also, can we just talk about how Don looks right now? she's definitely sporting a little bit more of a grown-up you know a little bit more of a teenager look in this scene uh she you can tell she's got some makeup on mm-hmm. like she's wearing like a a lower cut tighter top than we've seen on her previously you know she's clearly put in some effort she's not in a costume but she's definitely more dressed up than uh we've seen we're, we've seen her before. I mean. Granted, for most of this season, she's been in her pajamas so far. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Um, eating cereal.
0: (laughs) Like, you know, it's interesting to me how Michelle Trachtenberg can go go from playing, you know, a a much younger kind of Dawn, especially when Joyce died and Dawn kind of became a little bit more needy, to in this episode, she is more headstrong and very much like teenager hormones rebellion.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and a part of me wants to say that like I was bitching about in season five, I just thought that she was casted too old. Like, I thought that the way she was acting was too young and juvenile for her actual age, which I think was 14 at the time. Um, mm-hmm. And now she's 15 and she's a woman, Kara. Look at her. She's a woman. But I wonder if that's what it's like to have a teenager at home. Like, one day she's just sitting on your lap, joining your book club. She'll so have to let us know. <laughs> I'll have to let you know. And then the next... The next moment, you know, she's sneaking off to parties to make out with guys named Justin. Whoa, spoiler. But like, yeah, I'll let you, I'll keep you informed. Come, come back in 15 years and I'll tell you what it's like. But I wonder if that's what it's like, you know, maybe it is. So um, Anya says, but you get to dress up and play games like about Halloween. Uh, Xander's going to show me a new one after work. It's called Shiver Me Timbers. Ever play? <laughs> And Tara overhears this and she interrupts and says, Don Willow could use your help with magical texts. So Don leaves and Anya asks Tara if she's ever played Shiver Me Timbers. And Tara says, not really much for the timber.
0: Um, I was going to ask if you could explain this to me, but now I'm wondering maybe you shouldn't.
1: Shiver Me Timbers, timber being the penis. (laughs) Oh,
0: okay. Okay
1: that's my guess i mean i could be wrong but the innuendo is that that tara doesn't like penis anya does
0: i caught that it was some kind of sexual innuendo and i just didn't spend much time thinking about it so yeah okay (laughs) Hmm.
1: so willow is yelling at a customer dressed as a witch and she's saying i'm just saying you should rethink the stereotype before someone turns you into a toad the customer gets all pissed and walks away and willow says while you're at it why don't you just why don't you try removing your broomstick from your and then she trails off but watching Willow yell at this customer like this, I was like, you know what? Willow is very prone to being vocally angry at people in public this season. Cause she remember when Warren bumped into Buffy in Life Serial? And she didn't know it was Warren, but like she yelled at that guy too. He's like, Rudo! Like she's she's a lot more outspoken this season.
0: Well, she's come a long way from being bullied at the water fountain by Cordelia.
1: Right. Dawn comes over and Willow says, if I see one more idiot that thinks witches are all hairy moles and rotten teeth, and then a precious little, I would say, three or four-year-old girl is dressed in this cute little witch's outfit. And she's like, excuse me, do you have any candy corn? And Willow just melts. And she just goes down to her level. She's like, look at you. You're just the cutest thing. Look with, with the hat and the wart. Oh, let's go fill your tummy with sugary niblets, okay? So she guides the little girl away. And Dawn is noticing a coin or something something some item on the table and she looks around and then she pockets it (gasps) so we had seen her last season pocket earrings of anya's and then there Mm -hmm. was the mysterious missing clogs in bargaining part one And now we see Dawn stealing something else. I mean, that's two hits on Anya so far, and one on Willow, we can assume. What else has she been stealing? Has she been stealing this whole time? I'm very curious.
0: That sounds like an Instagram post to me.
1: Like, what else is she stealing?
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: ask and you shall receive so anya goes to buffy who's carrying a box of of supplies and she's like we're running low on mandrake root check the basement so buffy starts walking toward the basement and she's talking to herself she's like don't blame me if we have this conversation over and over and over and then she's walking down to the basement now and she's like over and over and over and she runs directly into spike uh she says bell neck look into it. And Spike's like, come with a nice leather collar, does it? And Buffy's just like, what are you doing lurking down here? And Spike says, came through the tunnels, running low on Berber weed. And then he holds up a bag that he's got. He's like, stir it in with the blood, makes it all hot and spicy. I was going to pay for it. I mean, no, I was going to nick it because that's what I do. I go where I please and I take what I want. And I was like, what a bad boy.
0: (laughs) This entire scene, I mean, Buffy hangs a lampshade on it in just a moment. But like, This entire scene really underscores how unthreatening Spike has become.
1: (laughs) Right? But you know who would be really impressed by that? Dawn. (laughs) She would think that's the coolest thing. Buffy asks Spike where the mandrake is, where the mandrake root is, and Spike finds it for her. And then he asks her if she feels like a bit of a rough and tumble. And Buffy's like, what? And Spike says... Me, you, patrolling, hello. And Buffy's like, oh, uh, I should stay maybe tomorrow. And Spike's like, it's not like I don't already have plans. The Great Pumpkin's on in 20. And he means Charlie Brown, <laughs> like the Charlie mm-hmm. Brown pumpkin special. Um, so he goes and Buffy mutters to herself, it was so much easier to talk when he w- wanted to kill me.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree, Buffy.
1: I agree too. This reminded me a lot of Crush because remember when Buffy at that point suspected that's Spike liked her or was into her based on what Dawn told no, her. She, she
0: was in denial. Xander was the one who had to oh, talk yes. her into it, yeah, right? Buffy's like, he oh. does not, and Xander's like, yeah, it's pretty obvious, Buffy. Trust me, I know. I creeped on you, right?
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, and then Buffy was like, this bothers me. He's like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> oh It all comes screaming back. Okay, but re- that this reminded me of that because um he was saying stuff to her and Buffy was reading it all in a very sexual way so that was the callback to that um and the question is really why is Buffy thinking automatically that Spike is talking about when he says rough and tumble he's talking about sex that's where Buffy's mind went to but Spike did mean it innocently like let's Patrol so so I just found that interesting that that's that's the jump I wonder why back upstairs Anya takes the mandrake and tells her to help Giles. So Buffy asks Giles what happened to Xander, and he said, He kept poking me with his hook. I sent him to the charmed objects. With any luck, he'll poke the wrong one and end up in an alternate dimension inhabited by a 50 foot Giles that squishes annoying tiny pirates.
0: I'm sure Xander will never have any issues with charmed objects.
1: No, I don't think he has in the past, and I don't think he will now. Uh, Buffy says, Actually, Spike had a good idea. Maybe I should patrol. And Giles is like, You've been patrolling every night this week. And besides, it's Halloween, the one night a year where supernatural threats give it a well-deserved rest, as should you. I,
0: I love how he always has to remind us of this every season for, you know, new viewers who've just tuned in.
1: No, it's so true. And then when Buffy says, well, what about when costumes take over your personality? Or wee little Irish fear demon thingies. And this was so true to me because I was like... Statistically, Giles, something is bound to happen this Halloween because it's happened every second Halloween of the show. So, Excellent point. right, like it's a, you, something's gonna happen. What
0: once again, the Scooby's not listening to Buffy.
1: God. So Giles says, yes, well, if anything calamitous should happen, history would suggest that it would happen to one of us. And I was like, mm, touche, (laughs) touche. So Buffy says, exactly. So I should patrol to help with any of that. And I'm begging because Giles ignored her. We cut to this old man with a shopping bag, walking the streets to his house, and he's humming Pop Goes the Weasel, which is any nursery rhyme, any old school song is going to sound creepy when an old man hums it. So it's just like, "Mm mm-hmm. (laughs) like so creepy he goes into his house he puts the grocery bags down in the kitchen he looks out the window and he sees all the trick-or-treaters walking along the street none of them stopping at his house might i add and he's like happy halloween and then he picks up his butcher's knife and he's like give you something special this year so cut to credits (laughs) halloween
0: coffee's gonna have to be it all down.
1: So Dawn is telling the last customer of the night, come again, and closes the door before she says, in a bazillion years. <laughs> the Scoobies are all sitting around. They're exhausted because it must have been a very long day of retail. Again, we talked about this <laughs> when the magic store first opened. We were like, what? why is it so busy? <laughs> like, what? why are all this? everyone in this town is just looking for magic uh, remedies and everything. So Anya is at the register saying, that was the most incredible thing I have ever experienced. And Xander looks up because his manhood has been questioned. And she says, except for that. So Anya says, what you all did for me tonight, the astounding heaps of money you helped me, uh, us, acquire. All I can say is I hope we make as much tomorrow. <laughs> and then everyone's like, what? And she's like, post-holiday clearance, the cornerstone of retail. And everyone grows and Giles is like, okay, brooms all around then.
0: I love how pro-capitalist Anya is. I'm not pro-capitalist. I don't love being pro-capitalist. But, you know, Anya really found her niche and she's she's made this her thing. And, you know, all the power to to her.
1: Yeah, no, seriously. And she like, where is it so well, right? She's like, look at my money. Look at what, how well I'm doing. <laughs> and, and you know what? Car at the end of the day, women support women, right? So if she wants to be a girl Absolutely. boss, let her be a girl boss.
0: You, as we've said before this podcast, we are so behind asking... Not just Anya, but other women in our lives. Like, how's your money doing?
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So um, Willow says... I could whip up a jaunty self-cleaning incantation. It'll be like Fantasia. And Giles hands her a broom and says, we all know how splendidly that turned out for Mickey. And Will's like, well, I think I'm a little more adept than a cartoon mouse. And Tara says, well, you have more more fingers, which is good because there's no need to wear those big white gloves to overcompensate.
0: Tara very cleverly redirecting the topic away from magic.
1: I hope she can keep it up all episode long. (laughs) So Anya is starting to dance with the money. It's so cute. Puppy is telling Xander, if you had a real peg leg, you wouldn't just have to... that. You wouldn't just have a lame costume. You would actually be lame. So that's what you referred to earlier, Kara. That's yes. the quote. Um, there it is again, that word. So again... Um, yeah, I've I've done my best to scrub it from my vocabulary. Um, and I thank everyone who who pointed out that these things are best left in the past. So Xander is staring at Anya, who I said before has begun to dance with her money. <laughs> and then Dawn joins her and she's like, Do you do this every night? And Anya's like, Every night when I close out the cash register, the dance of capitalist superiority.
0: <laughs> we never did that when we closed the cash register at the art gallery.
1: You just didn't see me. <laughs> or it might have been because it's not our money yeah
0: that's fair and it was never that much money
1: (laughs) so xander says i'm gonna marry that girl and buffy's like what she's 15 and my sister so don't even oh and then i was like cara and like no reason right again we're spoiler freak podcast but like ugh (laughs) Ugh. So Xander stands up and says, everybody. And he walks over to Anya and he's like, there's something that Anya and I want to tell you. And Anya says, now. And Xander says, now. Xander says, we're getting married. And Dawn's like, oh my God. And Tara smiles and says, congratulations. And Willow's in shock. She's like, that's what? Wow. And Anya says, I thought we were waiting for the right moment. And Xander says, I did. And they kiss.
0: Do you think there's a small part of Willow's reaction grounded in, you know, the affair that she had with Xander?
1: Ooh, no, that's so far in the past. I hope not. Don't ever bring that up again, Kara. (laughs) What are you doing? Uh, Anya is so taken up in this revelation that Xander's ready to share the happy news that she just throws the money at dawn and she's like here have some money <laughs> and they continue to kiss so buffy asks Giles if he knew about this and he's like no unless i blocked it from my memory much as i will xander's vigorous use of his tongue and he takes off his glasses and starts cleaning them and buffy says that's why you're always cleaning your glasses so you don't have to see what we're doing <laughs> And Giles says, tell no one. This is my favorite
0: exchange in this episode. And there's a lot of good lines in this episode. Giles is just on fire in this episode. I love him (laughs) so much.
1: It's so funny. So... Anya and Xander continue to make out as Don watches. Okay, creeper. Buffy says, we have to do something. And what they do is at the Summer's house, they throw them an impromptu engagement party. Anya is showing off the ring and she's telling them the engagement story. And Don's like, can I try it on? And Anya's like, oh, absolutely not. (laughs) So... Giles comes in with drinks and Buffy says, sorry, we couldn't do a big fancy. You kind of caught us with our parties down. And Anya says that that's okay. This is just the first premarital celebration. There'll be lots more with gifts. And oh, she's not kidding. It's so true. Wedding season is upon the Scoobies. And there are many celebrations when it comes to these kind of traditions, right? Tara and Willow come in with snacks and Tara's like, sure, maybe we'll even have time to decorate for the next one. And Willow says, why wait and she speaks a foreign language and magically all these party decorations appear around the room and anya is like this is so much better than it usually looks thank you and she hugs willow but giles and tara are looking at each other uneasily Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so we cut to the kitchen maybe like i don't know five minutes later tara is telling willow that they could have just bought decorations at the grocery store and Willow says, well, why bother? These are perfect and extra biodegradable. In a couple of hours, poof. And Tara says, why use magic when you can do something naturally? And Willow says, you could fight not monsters naturally with sticks and stones. Don't recommend it, though. And Tara says, that's different. Willow's like, how? And Tara says, because you're protecting people, keeping them from being hurt. And Willow says, which makes them happy, like pretty decorations made Anya happy. And Tara's like, that's not the point, Will. And Willow says, well, why are you being like this? And Tara's like, this isn't about me. And Willow says, it's so about you. You're coming down on me for using magic that wouldn't harm a fly. What's your problem? And Tara says, I just wish you would stop and think about, but... Donifer has entered the room and she's like, oh, sorry, just checking on the chips. And Willow's like, it's okay, we're done. And she leaves with Don.
0: I wonder how many times Don has walked in on Willow and Tara fighting because they've been living there for the past several months, right? So even if they haven't had a fight of this magnitude about Willow's use of magic, they must have had the odd conflict as a couple before. I'm wondering, like, is this something Dawn's kind of used to now?
1: I don't think so. I, I would say that this caught Dawn by surprise, which is why, like, mm. if she was used to it, she would have backed away quietly like a normal person. But instead, she's like, can I get, can I get chips? You know what I mean? Like, So I, I, I think this is the first time she's actually seen them fight. And that's why she's like, oh, oh, this is weird. And now I'm uncomfortable. And also... Like, I mean, we know Dawn wasn't really there, but she remembers her parents' divorce. So I bet Dawn is probably triggered by her her um, elders or whatever you would want to call them um, fighting, right? So I think this caught her by surprise. I don't think she's used to this at all. Can we talk about Willow for a hot second? We're going to talk about Willow more later on. But um, wow, Willow, you are denied, deny, deny, gaslight, redirect. Like you're doing it all in this little scene you can tell that i th- I think that tara approached it in the right way right if she's gonna say like we could have just did it naturally and willow had an excuse for everything right and willow really isn't understanding the difference between using magic to fight evil and using magic to create party decor yeah it's pretty brutal so um oh uh oh something's happening here Uh, We cut back to the living room. Buffy's hugging Xander so tightly. It's almost choking him to death. Wish she did, but whatever. (laughs) She says, I can't believe it. It seems like only yesterday you had to pay a girl to date you. (laughs) And Xander says, like I'd ever pay. Wait, define date. So I don't know what that reference is to. Uh, That was a weird quote. I didn't really understand it. Well,
0: I I think it was because of the whole thing. Like The first girl Xander dated was Cordelia, right? And then... After he and Cordelia broke up, he wasn't, he was once again not cool.
1: Mm, okay, okay, okay. So Buffy says, I was only out of condition for three months. How many other things have changed since I've been away? And this is when Don and Willow approach, and Don says, I got a tattoo. And Buffy looks at Willow, she's like, What? And Willow's like, Which is why we told her no. So Ooh. Don says, Just a little one. And Buffy says, Over my dead body, the kind that doesn't come back.
0: Okay, two things. First, I just love how snappy the dialogue is in this episode. The timing. It's just so, it flows so well together. Second, yeah. I love that Buffy is making quips about being dead. Like, she's just like, yep, I was dead again. I came back deal with it. And now she's joking about it. And I just, oh. like, I understand that she's not actually okay. And we're going to find out more about that, I'm sure. But like, he, right here in this moment, I'm just like, yes. Because those <laughs> are the kinds of jokes I would make.
1: No, but she's been making these morbid jokes this whole season, like since she's like since Afterlife and like the last couple episodes, she keeps bringing it up and it makes the Scoobies uncomfortable. And you and I keep saying, no, these are hilarious. Keep it up, right? Like we like it. So um, also like, Buffy, what is your problem with tattoos? Nothing wrong with tattoos. (laughs) Like, yeah, maybe Dawn's a little bit young to get one, but uh, I don't know. That's a very boomer thing to me to like be against tattoos (laughs) you know so maybe she just got that mentality
0: part of part of this episode is we're seeing Buffy in the role of Joyce yeah right like we could talk more about that soon
1: (laughs) (laughs) can't wait so um Don gives Anya a hug says congratulations you're very lucky finding a guy like him and I'm like is she (laughs) Don is she you sweet summer child so xander says not as lucky as me and kisses anya and don's like okay see you guys tomorrow and puppy's like tomorrow and don says yeah i'm sleeping over at janice's remember
0: who's janice not melinda <laughs>
1: where's melinda Maybe Melinda just isn't as cool as Don, as Don wants to be these days. So Buffy says, that's tonight. And Don's like, no, it's the other Halloween. <laughs> I, love, I love the, the sass. The
0: teenage sass <laughs> is strong in this one.
1: It's only coming back harder, better, faster, well, smarter. It's, it's the than summer last year.
0: sass, right? Like this is a line <laughs> Buffy would have given. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah so she's like you said i could and giles is entering the room and buffy says i know i did but now with xander's party and xander's like no no we're good just as long as you get us extra gifts for the reception and buffy says giles and giles is like whoa 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 that's not up to me right um but again we see buffy turning to giles right just like last um episode don says come on it's four blocks away i'll walk straight over not like i'm going to be roaming the streets please and then we cut to Dawn roaming the streets because honestly, Kara, for me, I was like, walking four blocks is roaming the streets. Especially Dawn, when you decide to cut down an alleyway. <laughs> or is that where her and Janice decided to t- meet up? I'm confused. <laughs> so sure enough, she's walking down this alleyway and she thinks she hears something. So she picks up the stick. And she's going to, I don't know, defend herself with it. But then she just walks in on a couple making out. And they're like, perv. <laughs> so she apologizes. And that's when her friend Janice comes up behind her and scares her. And do you recognize Janice? Uh, yes. It's Amber Tamblin, And Ooh. she she is from the Sisterhood of the Unusuals. Uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, wait, wait, I, you know we know her from different things. Uh, I know her from Sisterhood of the Traveling
0: Pants. I know her from the Unusuals, which was a very short lived ten episode TV show where she co- starred with Jeremy Renner.
1: Whoa, wonderful. Um she says, "Hey Summers, did you go out over the wall okay?" And Don's like, "My sister thinks I'm staring at your house." And Jenna says, "The mominator thinks I'm staring at yours." I can't believe they fell for that one. Like on a TV. And Don's like, "Where are we meeting?" And Jenna says, "The park. It's where the monsters gather on Halloween." Ooh. And they go Wow. So, Kara, these are bad girls. They think
0: they're so bad.
1: <laughs> these are bad girls. Um, <laughs> they are. Are they
0: going to go hang out with some white boy gags? No,
1: absolutely. It's exactly what they're going to go do. Those bad, bad girls. Also, Janice is wearing, um, this turtleneck crop top. And at first I was like, oh my God, that looks so weird. But then I'm like, no, those are in style again. <laughs> like people wear those now. Um, also, Kara it's clear, like Buffy is clearly still off her game ever since she came back from the dead because she fell for the oldest trick in the book this is the round robin they used to pull this shit all the time back in season two and three right mm-hmm. oh Buffy Buffy I, think, Buffy I think it was Xander
0: who explained the the whole thing to Giles
1: yeah exactly it was back uh, in like surprise or or innocence mm-hmm. or one of those episodes yeah so buffy is truly wearing the joyce hat here
0: so we uh we followed janice and don to the park which is very busy on halloween night and, and again you would think that like parents would be like let's just drive by the park you know just check in like <laughs> this is not exactly a subtle place to hang out um so it's, Steph is running down. It's full of youths and hooligans, which is how you know that Steph is getting old.
1: <laughs> All these youths with their music now, and their baggy pants.
0: <laughs> now that you are a, uh, a brand new homeowner in a suburb.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah. So if I saw youths out, like, wandering
0: the suburbs. Walking down your sidewalk late at night.
1: I would stand on my porch and shake my fist. Yes, I would.
0: <laughs> oh, um. So Janice and Don are, are approaching some boys, and they are boys; they are not men. Uh, one of them is named Zach, and he embraces Janice and says, "Hey, baby, what took you so long?" <laughs> uh, and like both of these guys are wearing like jackets, like one of them's got a leather jacket on, right? Like they're clearly like popular jock type guys yeah and uh, janice says oh we had to stop for crimes and misdemeanors she's clearly trying to cultivate like the bad girl attitude but i'm I'm looking at her i'm like you you are not faith (laughs) you
1: sweet little babies you know like you (laughs) you little children but yes they're cool girls and then she says
0: this is my friend don i was telling you about and then we see the the other guy in the jacket whose name is Justin.
1: Of course, it's Justin. It's always going to be Justin. <laughs> okay, Justin, every time he opens his mouth, everything he said made me laugh because he just sounds so bored so unimpressed (laughs) i I got the impression
0: he was less comfortable with what they were doing
1: interesting either way he's a dreamboat he's a stereotypical cute guy if you say so interesting though he's he's wearing a sunnydale letterman jacket but like sunnydale high school doesn't exist right now so where did he get it
0: that's a great point i mean maybe he inherited it how long has he been in high school? Oh, because, you know, yeah, we don't we know. know later in the episode. Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting. Or maybe he's also Tucker's brother. <laughs> <laughs> Not that Tucker would have a Letterman jacket, but like he got, could have gotten it from an older sibling. Yeah. But I also laughed at his name being Justin. It's such a typical, like all the Justins, Andrews, Toms, you know?
0: <laughs> so Justin shakes Don's hand, which is bizarre. Um, how many teenagers' hands did you shake when you were a teenager?
1: I didn't shake any boys' hands, that's for sure. I was a right? good girl, and I did my homework on Friday nights, and I wasn't a youth well, in that's, the park. That's,
0: that's, as you know, if you shake a boy's hand, you can get pregnant, right? Like, exactly. Absolutely. I
1: wasn't going to die, <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> um, so Dawn, you know, Don's kind of like, okay, he's cute. She's, you know, she puts on the voice, and she's like, I know. I've seen you around at a couple of parties. Trying to make yourself <laughs> sound cool. <laughs> okay and then he's like i've seen you
1: too okay but, okay but what the fuck don what parties like what are you what parties she's are lying about? she's she's <laughs>
0: fronting just like janice she's trying to seem like a bad girl
1: i've seen you at a couple parties it's no big deal
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> i love i love this teenager shit it's so funny
0: so everybody else bails it's just the four of them and janice is like what do you guys want to do everybody smirks because they all know what they want to do they're high on hormones um, also
1: there it is smirks all around janice is like what are we gonna do and they're just like smirky smirk 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 everyone's smirking
0: they want to go all the way apparently <laughs>
1: KK okay, okay. well, how are you feeling about the way the teens are talking to each other it's awful because... i hate it <laughs> there are times where i'm like this is really believable like this exchange right here like see you at a couple parties yeah see you too like that that's believable to me but then like when she said like mominator and stuff it's like okay sometimes it's the older writers trying to be teens and then sometimes it actually does feel like teens i
0: i never hung out i never socialized in this way when i was a teenager So I I, I just don't have any experience with this.
1: Okay, but what are Mm -hmm. the youths deciding to do on Halloween?
0: Well, nowadays, they'd be making TikToks in their basements.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sure. Youths, um, (laughs) 35-year-olds, anyone can do that. Um,
0: (laughs) You've come full circle. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> maybe i never grew up let's let's cut to the youthful discre- indiscretions on halloween because the boys decide that what they're going to do is egg houses and cause mayhem so there 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 are indeed egging houses flattening tires don is trying to talk up justin and she's like Uh, referring to a witch decoration that she saw she's like witches don't really look like that and Justin's like oh um do you have a lot of witch friends and she's like no I just know that from stuff that I've read and stuff and some of them are supposed to be really pretty and you don't want to get them mad and Zach runs by and says new target come on and Justin's like woohoo and chases after him because boys will be boys I guess this is the first step in your white boy gang initiation right you got to cause ruckus and then you're, you know, you, you move up to getting a car. While
0: you're impressing the ladies.
1: <laughs> While you're impressing Janice and Dawn. So um, Janice pulls Dawn and they're, they're walking together behind the boys. And Janice is like, so? And Don's like, he's okay. And Janice is like, ho-hum okay? Or like, oh my god, I think I'm going to pee my pants okay? And Don says, pee! And then they giggle because this is girl talk. And ahead, Zach is saying... Is Justin in love? And Justin's like, I don't know. And then he punches him. And he says, She's cute. And Zach says, Congratulations for having eyeballs. What about going all the way? And Janice says, Do you think we're gonna we're done with the juvie crap? Maybe we can do something else? I'm getting kind of bored. And Zach says, just one more. And they're at the old man's house from the beginning of the episode. What's
0: going to happen?
1: <laughs> so We cut back to the summer's home. Xander's sitting on the stairs and Giles joins him and brings him a drink. And Giles says, Anya is a wonderful former vengeance demon. I'm sure you'll spend many years of non-hell dimensional bliss. Is she moving in with you? And Xander's like, um. And I was like, she hasn't already? Like, I thought this whole time that she'd already been with him.
0: It's very confusing. Maybe she hasn't. Giles just doesn't know because he thinks that people live separately until marriage
1: right uh giles says with your combined incomes you might think about a down payment on a house and xander's like the kind you live in and giles says oh no rush i'm sure you'll have plenty of time to think about it during the rate with the arrangements of the wedding and such you have the rest of your lives to plan the rest of your lives and xander's like yeah yeah but he looks so uncomfortable with this conversation
0: once again xander if you just Like, I understand that having second thoughts is a very natural thing when you're engaged. So I I don't want to be too hard on Xander in the sense of, like, I don't want to give our listeners the impression that I think that you can only ever go into marriage if you're 100% certain the entire ride. But the way Xander is dealing with his uncertainty, the way he's so overwhelmed in this moment, I'm just like, dude, like this is why you have couples counseling like
1: oh. or how dude like this is this is what you're signing up for right like i don't mm-hmm. understand why putting a down payment down why thinking about her moving in is a big well, deal and he
0: should know this right like giles saying this maybe is stressing him out sure but like you should have thought of all of these things sander like what did you think was going to happen
1: exactly it's like and also like I, it is weird that Xander and anya haven't discussed it or perhaps anya discussed it at him and not with him right um but it, it's what you just said what did you think was going to happen this is what you're signing up for so back to the kids janice is saying no way you know who lives there and zach says old man kaltenbach and justin says crusty old bastard and don says isn't he supposed to be mental or something oof so Zach says total looney tunes pumpkins very dangerous you go first he says to Janice and Janice is like screw that and Zach says show us how brave you are see those cute little girly guts and Justin says lay off man she doesn't want to and Don says I'll do it and Justin's like look you don't have to do this and Don says I want to and she walks up to the house so slowly it's supposed to be super eerie and suspenseful she picks up the pumpkin which I noticed Kara is carved like a little robot which is cute she lifts it over her head smiling triumphantly but then the old man has come out from behind her grabs her she squeals she drops the pumpkin and old man Kaltenbach says shouldn't ought to mess with those sometimes they bite the kids all run up and justin's like get away from her and zach says don't make me go kung fu on you man and kelton block bach laughs and says come on inside kids got something special for you daddy's got a treat
0: <laughs> okay so this guy like regardless of whether or not he's up to something bad is like this guy is just not good
1: also like after saying daddy's got a treat you d- you're not following him into the house surely he goes inside and zach's like cool and janice says no we are not going in there don tell them and sure enough inside janice don and Justin are sitting on the couch as zach plays with this robot he's like dude where'd you get the cool toys and kelton says used to design them back in 1958 nothing would give me more pleasure than to see a child's face light up when he'd open one of mine on christmas or birthday
0: this guy likes kids way too much
1: yeah, there's there's a lot of red flags happening here. He says, I was good. cheapers. I was the best. And then the thing happened. One little mistake and they took it all away from me. They took my toys. And it's like, oh no, no, he's killing children. They're all staring at him and he says, time for treats. Who wants to help daddy in the kitchen?
0: <laughs> um, That's the tough. second
1: daddy in like one minute. I can't handle anymore. <sighs> oh Lord, Malek the Corruptor. So- he says to Don, "How about you, Sally?" And Justin's like, "Not much for the cooking." Why don't I give you a hand? And Carlton Vox says, "Hands are good. Always use more hands, more hands." And he <laughs> leads Justin into the kitchen. Carl, <laughs> that's
0: a little joke for for those those of you who get it will get if it. If you
1: get it, you get it. Zach is playing with a pop up toy now. That's that's playing puckles the Weasel. Janice says. I say we get the funk out of here before Satan Claus tries to stuff us up the, stuff us up the chimney. And there's another phrase where I was like, mm, are you trying really hard to sound youthful, <laughs> writers? Zach says, what, and miss the big treat? That'll break the old guy's whittle heart, assuming it's still beating. And Dawn's like, no, she's right. We should just, we should get Justin and go. And Zach says, come on, the dude's 1,000 years old. What's he gonna do? Drown us in his drool cup? And here's where I was like, seriously, girls, like if, if you feel like it's fucked up, if you're not feeling safe, just go. Who cares what this boy thinks? Boys don't think the way girls think when it comes to safety. So just go.
0: Also, they're being really rude to this old man. And it's like, that's probably a sign that these guys are just not very respectful.
1: <laughs> also, they, they're they not respectful boys <laughs> that you want to be seen out with on Halloween. So the toy pops open and Dawn says, where's its head? We cut to the kitchen and Kaltenbach is closing the door. And Kara, it is so rare, in my opinion, to see doors on kitchens these days. Like it's, I mean, a lot of houses that are built now are like open concept. I'm sure older houses have doors, but even older houses, like I think they would remove the door, would they not? Like it's not common anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. It depends on the house, but I I agree with you. Yeah.
1: So Justin's going through the cupboards as we see Kaltenbach lift up the butcher's knife. (laughs) There's it's he's standing next to something that's like in under tinfoil, like a, something that's clearly been baked, and it's like, what's in there? Like children's fingers? Oh no. It looks like he's about to kill Justin with his butcher knife, right? But then <gasps> shocking. Justin is a vampire. And he says, Boo! behind Colton and he bites him and he knocks over the tray with which was actually a delicious-looking batch of Rice Krispie squares, which I fucking love, and what a shame that is. But yeah, Justin's a vampire. Car, did you see this coming?
0: I mean, yes, because I've seen the show before. <laughs> um, putting myself in, in the shoes of somebody who's never seen the show, I don't know if I would have like predicted that exactly. But it's it's not a shocking reveal at this point, right? Like this is a fairly standard Buffy twist. It is a good twist, though. Like they yeah. they put the work into setting up Old Man Keltenbach as a creepy Halloween villain. And then they're like, fake out you know it's like no it turns out that these boys are vampires and I'm like okay like I'm 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 feeling it I like it
1: yeah I liked it too I was I, like again yeah I've seen the episode before but I was like that's a good setup that's pretty good and again the one of the reasons why I like this episode is cuz it's shooting me right back to season 1 right the the skoos were 15 16 years old at that time they weren't uh doing this white boy gang shit that these kids are doing but um the vibe is still there right the the, the twist that it's actually a vampire ooh right? Right? Um, children shenanigans, so I liked it. The commotion from the kitchen is heard from the living room, and Janice is like, what the hell is that? And Don's like, Justin? And she starts to run to the kitchen, but then she stops and moves slowly to the door. But then Justin comes out, normal face, and he says, let's go. I swiped his wallet uh, when he wasn't looking. Let's go. So as they're running out of the house, Dawn is like shouting, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! I'm such a bad girl now. <laughs> oh my god! and justin tells zach dude that guy was rank and zach says i bet a spritz of dawn will wash that right out so what do you think lunchables or should we go all the way and turn them smirks all around
0: double meaning of all the way (laughs) okay but but can we talk about how awful like these these vampire guys are not very smart would you want to turn a fifteen-year-old girl into a vampire.
1: I, well, I personally wouldn't, but I can see what the draw is for these seventeen-year-olds. Like we boys. saw what
0: happened with Harmony, who was just a couple <laughs> years older than Dawn was when she got turned into a vampire. We saw yeah. how that worked out for Spike. Uh, these guys are not thinking this through.
1: Yeah, I also think like it's not so much a fifteen-year-old being turned because, hey, we saw in Twilight, right? Um, what's Dakota Fanning's character's name? Jane. Yeah, we saw Jane right? Why from do Twilight, I know that
0: right?
1: you don't? I agree, I agree. My mom brain is <laughs> not working, but but Save that was Twilight pretty cool. Fat girl.
0: <laughs> I don't think,
1: I'm a phony, <laughs> uh, for shame. um But yeah, no, that like so it can be creepy, a teenage vampire. But would we want Dawn to be a vampire? Because all I can picture is her in her coffin, just screaming, "Get out! Get out! Get out!"
0: <laughs> <laughs> no dawn would make a really scary vampire once she figures out vampire rules like i think she'd be unstoppable
1: i think she'd be sassy and scary dawn
0: dawn has the like dawn has the vitality that harmony had but she's much more intelligent than harmony yes, and so like i feel like you know how harmony was trying to be the villain back in season four and it was hilarious dawn would actually be scary good at being the villain
1: it would actually be really interesting to see a like her get turned into a vampire would add to the overall morose feeling of the season but like maybe the scoobies got scrambled together to give her her soul or something you know like that'd be so interesting then she goes and works at angel investigations wow it's all coming together i'm here for it yeah
0: back to the engagement party This is a long day for the Scoobies. They've it had this big is. sale and now they're like staying up late for the engagement party. Anya's telling Giles and Buffy that she's thinking of a June wedding. <laughs> but then she says, "I remembered that they always have the highest percentage of calls for vengeance. So now I'm leaning towards as soon as po- as, as damn soon as possible." Uh, I mean, mortal life being so short, we gotta cram in as much marital bliss as we can before we wither and die. <laughs> she's so—it's it, the cheerful delivery that Emma Caulfield brings to it, right? Like she's she thought this through, but it's very much the tone of Barbie in the Barbie movie, where she's like, "Hey, has anybody else been having thought irrepressible thoughts of death?" Right? Like while <laughs> yeah. she's dancing and smiling, that's Anya.
1: Yeah, but you know, like Anya can make these morbid kind of like jokes and um statements and no one thinks any anything about it but when buffy does it everyone gets like uncomfortable
0: Mm -hmm. you know so anya says there's just so much to consider planning the wedding new cars house and babies you have to plan for babies otherwise they'll just run roughshod through your entire existence (laughs) true Uh, true. this reminds me of when don Anya and Xander were playing the game of life, and Anya wanted to trade her children in for more money. Yes. <laughs> How the tables have turned. So, Xander's standing beside her, and he's plastered this fake, happy smile on his face, you know, just kind of like, he's at his own special hell.
1: <laughs> he's being, honestly, I think he's being such an asshole here. The way, like, just because his face is so fake, like, he's just like, huh, huh, like, he's obviously mm-hmm. panicking. More to say about it at the end of the scene.
0: So he says, yeah, you you got to know what to call them before they hit college. You know, a little like cheap attempted humor. Uh, Giles says, Rupert is an exceptionally strong name. And Anya laughs out loud at this. Like, <laughs> not, doesn't even pretend it's a good idea. She says, if we want our progeny to eat paste and have their lunch money stolen. <laughs> Buffy laughs and says, look, all that matters is that they're happy. Everything else is thick gravy goodness. Okay, and but
1: Agnes you notice like, that Buffy laughed. Buffy like had a genuine laugh at that, which yes. is nice to see. It's just nice to see.
0: <laughs> and Anya says, I know. I'm the luckiest ex-demon in the world. I mean, to be able to find the one person in all dimensions that I was meant to be with and have everything work out exactly as I dreamed. I mean, how often does the universe allow that to happen? And we cut to Buffy looking very very sad
1: (sighs) you know why in my opinion why she looks sad there because remember not one episode ago she had a secret rendezvous with angel and we know nothing about what happened during that we can only (sighs) assume lots and lots of sex but also talking and cuddling right but um i just think it's really obvious that That's who she's thinking of in this situation. Um, And I think it's easy to overlook it because we never got to see her her meet up with Angel.
0: I agree with you. I think more broadly, Buffy is also just being reminded that she can't have a normal life. And that's why it's so awful that everybody around her is pressuring her into having a normal life. But it's like she knows she can't. She's not going to meet, you know, a person. Or at least she believes she won't. She's not going to get married and have the kids and the house and everything, you know, the whole chrononormative journey of compulsory sexuality that we're supposed to go on. She's not going to have that. And she's recognizing that. And, and, you know, the the Anya Zander engagement thing, on the one hand, it's nice because she can throw herself into it and feel normal by proxy. But on the other hand, like you said, it's just it's reminding her of how far her life is from normal. And so it's so unfair of the Scoobies not to acknowledge that, you know, there's an element of comparison to disability culture here where it would be weird if, if I had a friend with like a, you know, a disability and was constantly like pushing them to do something that was harder for them to do with their disability and not acknowledging how challenging that was for them. And maybe like talking about it in, in a way that, acknowledged the structural discrimination and oppression that they face it's the same thing here with buffy where it's like none of the scoobies are acknowledging that she's having these difficulties because she also happens to be the slayer
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And this, again, like this, maybe not for this particular conversation, but in general, right, that they're, they're not acknowledging this because it's okay for Anya to be sharing her hopes and dreams and why she's so happy in this moment. It is her engagement party. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, we, we can't be overlooking Buffy and they've been overlooking Buffy since she got back, right? They just want to, they just want everything to be okay. And they're not actually looking at her and seeing that she's struggling, except for Giles, um, who who sees what she's doing, but for very different reasons, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. But yeah, Buffy's looking sad because uh, all she can really hope for in terms of relationship is quick little meetups in the forest to uh, bang in cabins in the woods. (laughs) Oh
0: dear. Uh, So Buffy and Xander go outside. So we have have another Xander little scene outside, but now he's with Buffy instead of Giles. So he can actually open up apparently. Um, And Xander's like, air, sweet mother oxygen. Buffy asks how he's doing. Is he okay? And he says, yeah, I just, I didn't think it'd be so much. And Buffy says, this is good. I mean, this is love and celebration and moving forward. Anya's right. This is the way life's supposed to work out. And Xander says, right. Deep pools of gooey delight. I'm wallowing, not drowning. And Buffy says, definite wallow action. Xander says, okay. So once more into the breach. And and Buffy plays a little wordplay here and says, I think my breaches are wearing a little thin. (laughs) I'm going to take Spike up on that offer to patrol. Got to be something out there cruising for a smackdown. Uh, so she goes to leave. And we see Xander taking a moment to collect himself before going back inside.
1: Xander, uh, you're acting like someone is forcing you to marry Anya. You're acting like like your hand is is tied in this when it was your idea. Like this again. I just think he's being such a dick. And I I agree with you though. I agree. Like it's okay to have second thoughts. It's okay to feel overwhelmed with like the big life changes that are coming your way but that sigh before he goes in like this is the worst is is not good it's awful actually it's really unfair i I don't like it (sighs) so let's cut to the streets all right because justin has asked dawn if she's a sophomore and she's like i wish and he says ah freshman and justin gives oh sorry i want to use my justin voice he says uh a freshman
0: (laughs) it's like a young riley
1: (laughs) basically because hey justin might be stereotypically handsome just like riley was but i'm so bored (laughs) looking at him so justin gives her money from what he stole from the old man and it's like you earned it and she's like i did and he says yeah for keeping me steady and so begins the life of crime. And Don says, you're a little late. I steal all the time. And he's like, really? She's like, totally. I haven't paid for lipstick since forever. And he's like, be still my heart, cute and bad. <laughs> oh, God. She's like, yeah, bad to the bone. And he's like, more like frozen here. And he gives her his jacket. Uh, Cara, I can't lie. I can't lie. If I was 15 years old and this guy gave me his jacket, I too would swoon. I'm, I'm only human.
0: Really? It's such like a stereotypical move.
1: Yeah, but when you're 15, it's not. It's like the biggest move of the world. You're like, this guy is slick as fuck. So okay, <laughs> I know parts of me really want to make fun of the teens, but a, a part of me, again, just loves the nostalgia. I, just, I, appre- just but I it.
0: appreciate you giving me that perspective to, because to me, not only am I a jaded 33-year-old watching this, <laughs> but also, right, as an ace and arrow person, it's very difficult for me to know Whether or not this would actually work for some 15 year olds, right? Like, like, I appreciate your perspective, because to me, none of this makes sense.
1: Well, let me give you my perspective. I'll give you my perspective all night. Janice pulls a Don and interrupts (laughs) and says, "Um, where's Zach? And Justin's like, he went to get the car. And Don's like, you guys got a car? And we cut to Zach, who is leaving a body of a woman behind as he steals her car. Buffy is wandering the streets looking sad and again this remind this is why I think that she's thinking about Angel but also like in general the fact that she's very lonely because she sees a couple holding hands. So if, if Buffy
0: were set now uh instead of going patrol like she would just be scrolling sadly on Instagram and TikTok <laughs> on her phone, right? Like Yeah. We we forget that this is what people who were sad used to do, is they'd have to like leave their house and go like people watching. find examples of people having a better life. And nowadays we could just doom scroll. And see all the examples of people having a better life than us.
1: Yeah, you can just get social media depression. That's way, way easier and more comfortable in the comfort of your own home. Yeah, so while she's wandering the streets, she sees a group of people standing by an ambulance. And that's where the woman that was attacked by Zach is being pulled in and has clearly been attacked by a vampire. So the phone rings at home and Giles answers. And he's like, Mrs. Penshaw.
0: (laughs) So, okay. so this means Janice's full name is Janice Penshaw.
1: And what a super hot name it is. <laughs> How does Mrs. Penshaw know Giles? Like, what does she think Giles is in this house? Wasn't he the library I, of the I, school? I, I,
0: I had a very similar line of thinking, especially <laughs> yeah. after he hung up. He's like, I'll call you if, if I uh, hear anything. So let's assume for the moment that Mrs. Penshaw has called this house many times in the past month because of know don and janice's shenanigans their parties so so she probably has talked to willow tara and now giles right Mm -hmm. maybe anya maybe xander she must think that this house is like some hippie commune
1: but at this point like giles is a librarian yes but he's also remember Kara, like the world's leading like archaeologist historian or something (laughs) like he's a big deal um Does she think him and Buffy are together? Does she think that, like, he and Joyce might have been a thing before she died? And that's why she's at the house? Like, no questions about why Rupert Giles is there uh, with her daughter sleeping in the house, too. Oh, well. Yeah, so basically they, they chat and Giles is on to the fact that Don lied. So he goes into the living room where Tara is watching Anya, Xander, and Willow dance from the couch.
0: Giles is the rakish uncle. I bet Mrs. Penshaw has a thing for Giles. I bet all the women... Uh, all the mothers do
1: all the moms in the book club do they talk about (laughs) him more than they talk about the book absolutely um and so, Giles comes in, he takes, I love that he takes a drink, like he drinks the rest of his drink before he gets going. <laughs> He's like, God. So, um, he turns off the music, uh, cause Xander, Willow, and, and, um, Anya are dancing to it. And he gives them the 411. And Xander's like, ah, the dipping into, dipping into the classics. He's referring to it around Robin. He's like, you gotta respect that. And I was like, I agree with you, Xander. You do have to respect that. And Giles is like, is Buffy still outside? Xander says, no, she went to go patrol Spike. So Giles is like, it's nice to be kept in the loop. <laughs> He's so pissed. He's like, Xander, Anya, you stay here in case Mrs. Penshaw calls again. Willow, Tara, you check downtown. I'll swing by spikes see if I can catch Buffy. So Giles is literally like, this is some bullshit. I left for England <laughs> so I didn't have to deal with the shit. And here I am pretending to care about Dawn. God.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: So the boys have taken the girls to the bluffs it's been a while it's been a while i mean it's the forest more or less but like that's where the bluffs are
0: (laughs) in the five miles between sunnydale (laughs) and the university
1: yeah yeah it's it's prime uh werewolf hunting grounds as well so zach and janice leave right but not before zach has to tell justin don't do nothing i would (laughs) man dude janice kisses him and says you're it and she runs into the bush zach vamps out and says i love it when they run and all of a sudden this got super super rapey but we're gonna cut to inside the car cara and this scene is so cringy and so goddamn relatable my inner teen was screaming out of sheer embarrassment but also hilarity but also love has (laughs)
0: steph been in a car with a boy like this
1: no i don't ride in cars with boys (laughs) they can call on me at my house and my father can sit with them at tea but that is it until i get a proper proposal and then perhaps I'll let him give me a quick chaste kiss before we walk down the aisle. But <laughs> nothing of the sort before then. Thank you very much. I'm a British girl. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's get into the scene because it is juicy. So <laughs> we're in the car. Don and Justin are sitting there, and Don's so. Like, you know, what she knows what this is. We know what this is. Um, They're going to make out. Don says, ooh, it's cold. You okay? You want your jacket back? And he's like, nah, cold doesn't really bother me. (laughs) And Don says, what are you, Superman?
0: (laughs) No, but he might be Elsa.
1: (laughs) Ooh, yeah, he might be a Frost Queen. So he just says, nah, but I do have a few special powers. (laughs) So he leans in and Don gets too nervous and she's like, "Hey, does this work?" and she tries to press the radio on and he's like, "You got to turn on the ignition." So he, he he does it, he plays music and Don's like, "Oh, I love this one." And he's like, "Yeah." And he plays with her hair and then he says, "Another thing we have in common. You're shaking." And she's like, "It's cold." And he says, "Do you want to go?" And she says, "No, but but, you know, what do you expect? And, oh my god, he puts his finger over her lips and goes, shh, I just want to taste you.
0: <laughs> you?
1: And, no, thank okay, you. It doesn't matter how fucking old you are. It doesn't matter how inexperienced. That line should never work for anybody. <laughs> like, what the fuck? How?
0: How many takes did they need of this?
1: <laughs> so, yeah. So he says, I want, to, I just want to taste you. And that on top of all the daddies we heard from that old man earlier. This is when I was like, this is the greatest episode of all time. So they kiss. Oh, my God. They kiss. And it's slow. It's slow and awkward. It's so fucking awkward. And let's be fair, though. I want to be fair here. This could very well be Michelle Trutchinsburg's first kiss. I don't know. She's still probably really young while filming, filming this. This is not like Buffy and Angel in season one who are clearly professional actors in their 20s who who are making out, right, for the first time. This is like an actual teenage kiss. And like, in all fairness, if someone had caught my first kiss on camera, it would too would be super fucking awkward. So I appreciate the realism of an awkward first kiss. And kudos to Michelle Trechtenberg for pulling it off here. It is hard to watch. And after a few moments of kissing, Dawn pulls away and she says shiver me timbers <laughs> and at this point cara i think i think dawn and justin are trying to out cringe each other like who who could be the cringiest
0: <laughs> I, again i just i have trouble evaluating these scenes because they're just so outside of my wheelhouse i've never been in a car like this i've never wanted to be in a car like this you know regardless of which gender i thought it was at the time uh zero interest in any of this activity and (laughs) and it's very challenging for me to put myself in their shoes and even like empathize and say like you know what is it like to want to do this right like what is it like to be a teenage girl who's attracted to boys and like want to sit in a car with them and kiss them i'm looking Mm -hmm. at this and and to me it's just it's cringy because i'm just like i don't want my lips to touch somebody else's lips (laughs) like this no thank you
1: no, but it, you're you're right in feeling cringy because it, it is awkward and it's cringy. The shiver me timbers that I want to I just want to taste you. Like the whole the the, the dialogue is quite cringy here. Um, I think
0: what I'm learning is that teenage sexuality is just cringy.
1: Oh, it absolutely is because they're still children and they're just like playing with their bodies. You know what I'm saying? But what I like about it is the realism here because, like, you can tell that stakes are high hopes are high in terms of dawn right i'm about to get kissed for the first time and that's a really big deal i think i was a little bit older than dawn i, I don't think i was 15 when i had my first kiss i must have been like 16 or 17 but you you do feel you like you this... you had
0: your first kiss on your wedding day when you married oh, your sorry husband?
1: sorry let me let me backtrack <laughs> on my wedding night when i had my first kiss um you just <laughs> you feel you feel this anticipation and like you're just like eh, it's a giddy right so I'm, get, I'm picking that up from the scene and i do like it it's just it's just cringy is all but yeah i think this is a really well played out first kiss scene so don says shiver me timbers and i cringe and justin's like what and she's like nothing just wow and he's like <gasps> oh my god that was your first and she's like what no and he's like it was that was your first kiss and she's like i've i've been kissed before i kiss all the time not that i'm a kiss slut just with the lips and the pressing together and stuff hey expert here and he's just staring at her and she's like okay okay it was my first kiss i know i know i suck my lips are dry and my tongue's all horrible and sticky and i'm pretty sure i drooled on you so just please tell me how awful it was and justin pulls her into another kiss and he says it was perfect and they make out a whole lot more i
0: did i enjoyed this this part because i liked how it talks about that double standard right of the madonna horror complex and how like I understand teenage girls are expected to be automatically good at kissing boys, but they shouldn't have kissed too many boys because that makes them sluts. But (laughs) if they haven't kissed any boy, then, you know, they're frigid versions, right? Like, it's this weird thing where you really can't win either way. And Dawn is very clearly aware of that in this scene.
1: Yeah. And, and and I also like that she gets nervous and she babbles like Buffy used to babble, right? <laughs> like,
0: mm-hmm. did
1: you read my diary? Well, A stands for awkward. Like you know, like she used to do this all the time, and it's really really cute. And um, you can tell how nervous she is. Again, well done, Michelle. Like I really really picked up on um, the feelings that she has here and the nostalgia of being <laughs> kissed for the first time in a car and you don't know how to deal with it and you feel embarrassed. And what I want to say to Dawn, if I was her her big sister in the back seat, that'd be weird. But if I was telling her how to feel at this, to- at this point, I'd be like, everyone has a first kiss at some point. So you got to learn somehow. Good thing Justin, well, I don't know if it's a good thing, but Justin is going to, keep kissing you so clearly he likes you so you know just lean into it girl
0: so we go to the bronze which we haven't been to the bronze yet this season this feels oh wow (laughs) it's very different now you know like not it it doesn't look look different, different but like it well it feels different yeah um because they're not there to party. Willow and Tara are there, and they're dressed very grown up like.
1: <laughs> they're they're adults now, yeah.
0: And uh, UPN UPN. Some, some band is playing, and Willow sees a couple dressed as Luke and Leia from Star Wars, and they're making out. And uh, she's as they pass by, Willow says to Tara, "Do they know they're brother and sister?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> that didn't stop them from making out in the movies,
0: and it's very loud. So Tara says, "Do you think Don might have come here?" And Willow says, "That's where I would be if I were fifteen and on the lam." And Tara says, "Really?" And Willow says, "Well, not me at fifteen because hello, nerd." She doesn't say nerd. She says another ableist term that we have, you know, discussed before in this show, so we won't repeat it.
1: Bill- Willow, you were fifteen at the Bronze. Like you, you're the one that showed that showed Buffy. You used to go alone. You used to go there and wait right, but, for Xander. But,
0: but she, but she only went there, right? to z-boys because Buffy encouraged her so Tara's like you (laughs) and Willow says hard to believe such a hot mama Yama came from humble geek infested roots (laughs) okay they're suddenly 30 years old (laughs) (laughs) Tara says infested roots you trying to turn me on and Willow says (laughs) I have to try now uh, which I don't really think is great flirting, but what do I know?
1: I don't know. I don't mean that's a witch's flirt. I don't know.
0: It, just, it, it feels like Willow's kind of feeding some of the awkwardness from the early, earlier conversation for flirting, and it sounds a little bit bitchy to me.
1: Willow should try saying, I just want to taste you. <laughs> Seems to work on some characters in the show. Please and then don't. Tara should throw back, follow daddy or
0: whatever. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh my god. Um, so they kiss as they're up the stairs, which, which is cute. But also, there's a lot of kissing in this episode, and I'm not here for it. But I, I like that the network's letting them like, all the casual kissing between Willow and Tara. It's great. Mm. Um, so they're they're going up to the catwalk that we've seen previously, and they're looking, they're regarding the crowd. Uh, It's too crowded. There's too many people. So Tara says, oh, maybe we can ask security. You know, security scene. (laughs) A kid who's way too young to be in here, except as you pointed out, the Scoobies were here all the time in high school. Right? Um, So Willow says, that'll take too long. She looks over the railing and she starts to do a spell. And Tara's like, what are you doing? And Willow says, I'm just going to clear the crowd by shifting everyone who isn't a 15-year-old girl into an alternate dimension. And Tara (laughs) says, what we're all thinking, which is, what
1: what 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 are you You doing and and
0: willow acts like tara's being so unreasonable she's like it's only for a fraction of a second they won't even notice and tara's like (laughs) you can't do that and willow's like what do you mean i can't just move everybody into an alternate dimension for a fraction of a second what could possibly go wrong she doesn't say that but it's implied yeah Um, she says why and tara's like what if something goes wrong and willow's like it won't tara says what would giles say Um, And so that's when Willow, she does a different spell. It's like Cone of Silence. So all the music goes silent. Everybody's still dancing, but it's like they're in a silent disco. And Willow says, are you taking his side again?
1: Okay, so when she says again, we can assume that Tara and Willow at least discussed what Giles said to her when he called her a rank amateur. (laughs) Like, clearly they had a discussion about that, um, which we missed, goddammit. But like, the question is, how many times has Tara brought this up with Willow, right?
0: Exactly. So Tara says, this isn't about sides, but Willow wants to make it about sides. Willow wants (laughs) to have a fight. Willow says, you've been talking about me behind my back. Do you know how that makes me feel? Great, great questions, Willow. Good good faith arguing here. Tara says, Willow, you are using too much magic. So just come right out with what she's concerned about. Tara says, what do you want me to do? Just sit back and keep my mouth shut? And Willow says, well. That'd be a good start. This is a buffy angel level fight right here.
1: No, this is worse. This is like really disrespectful on Willow's side.
0: So Tara says, if I didn't love you so damn much, I would. And she cancels out the spell and she walks away. And Willow says, Tara. And watches her leave.
1: So what I want to say first about this scene is that Willow teleporting all the bronze attendees who aren't 15 into another dimension is a much more serious crime than putting up party decorations by magic, right? So this, Mm -hmm. this argument has more for Tara to stand on, I think, uh, because I really actually liked what Willow said about biodegradable decorations, (laughs) but um, Willow is so out of line here. Tara, again, I think approached this as best as she could, Right. Just like she, she try to come at it without her attacking her directly. She tried to blame it on Giles for a second there. Right. Like what would Giles say? But then finally, Tara stands up, steals herself and tells her straight up, you're using too much magic. And the right. fact that Willow basically was like, I'd rather you shut up about it and let me do whatever I want is uh, it's really harsh. But it's a nicer way of her th- than her threatening Giles a few episodes before.
0: But here's my question. What do you think of this sudden change from Willow? I understand that the writers have been laying this groundwork for a while now. I'm not saying it's completely out of the blue. But the harshness with which she, she says it would be a good start for Tara to shut up. It's so out of Willow's character. And I understand that you know people with substance use issues do start acting out of character for themselves... I don't know. It just do you not feel like maybe this is uh like are they rushing how quickly this is turning into such an obvious problem?
1: uh it's hard. It's hard for me to say that because she's been dark like this since season five. And she's been doing selfish mm. things since season five. No, she's mm-hmm. never talked to Tara this way before. This is the first episode uh. where that's happening. But we saw her snap at Giles, and we she's never had respect for Anya. I just, uh.
0: I don't know if it's Alison Hannigan acting or if it's the right... I, just, I feel like it, it it's a bit of a switch flipping and I would have liked a little bit more of the journey in there. And I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm just being nitpicky. So right. right in with your hot stakes, listeners. Yeah,
1: I want to know. I'd be curious what other people think. Um, me, I think that, yes, it, it's extra harsh this time around. But I don't see it not being within Willow's character at, at this point. Because we already said it was shocking that she threatened Giles a few episodes ago. So out of all the Scoobies, Tara and Giles are the only ones that are noticing and saying something to her. So she already snapped at Giles and now it's Tara's turn. All right, so let's go to the next scene. Don and Justin sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. Uh, Dawn and Justin are macking out and Dawn pulls away and she says, ow! And Justin says, sorry in his bored voice and don's like it's okay as long as it's not bleeding (laughs) what so i guess i guess he bit her and um they keep kissing right and don starts saying justin could we and i think she's gonna say let's stop but justin says it's just god you're so beautiful. <laughs> and Don smiles at that and keeps kissing him. And hands are starting to feel around. Kara, hands are starting to move. And Don touches his face and he's vamped out. And she feels it and notices and pulls back. <gasps> so there's another line, though. God, you're so beautiful. And um, unfortunately, like, who am I to say that at 15 years old, that wouldn't work on me as well, right? <laughs> so I, I can't. I can't say otherwise.
0: So then we cut to Buffy storming into Spike's crypt and says, get your gear together. We need to, the TV's on, but Spike is not in front of the TV. Spike comes up behind her and says, you know, in civilized cultures, that's called trespassing.
1: That is really rich coming from you, Spike.
0: <laughs> Buffy responds, good thing you're uncivilized. We've got trouble. Spike says, Giles finds you? And Buffy says, Giles? No. Was he looking for me? And Spike says, yeah, it's Dawn it's okay giles was here earlier looking for you Dawn and her little Fred pulled a houdini up to a bit of candy corn mischief i suspect <laughs> so spike's like really downplaying this and buffy of course is like she's out there running around by herself and spike says kids these days eh <laughs> i did a sweep of the tunnels giles is poking around the cemetery <laughs>
1: like, where 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 do these guys think the kids are hanging out why would they be in the sewer tunnels <sighs>
0: Uh, Who knows?
1: Uh, like At least, like, at least Terran Willow thought of the bronze, right? That was a smart thing to, to go and check out.
0: So Buffy goes into mom mode and says, we have to find her. And she grabs weapons.
1: Uh, so here's Giles with a flashlight in the cemetery. He's like, missed cemetery, Halloween. This should end well. <laughs> And he trips and falls, but he does not get a concussion, Kara. And he gets up and he's like, bloody brilliant. Then he hears screaming and he goes for a run. And now he's in the forest and the bluffs and he finds Zack feeding off of Janice. So he thinks it's dawn at first, right? So he pulls Zack off Janice and she's like, that jerk bit me. <laughs> and Zack has his van face on. He says, like you weren't asking for it. So there it is. There's that, that classic teenage boy rape culture stuff that we used to get a lot in season one, two and three giles says i feel certain she wasn't and zach says what do you know about it grandpa and giles tackles him <laughs> um and they tumble down a hill and they start to fight and giles does remarkably well like he jump kicks at one point he kicks him into do you a you
0: remember it's season one when giles was acting like he didn't know what he was doing and oh. you know Like, it's so clear now that that must have been an act. He must have been pretending because he's a badass
1: giles is daddy not that old man from earlier so um yeah he kicks him so hard he falls into a tree uh, zach does and he gets stakes gets staked there he's like dude that sucks and he dusts and then giles says where's john and janice is like i don't know
0: I, I always love when the vampires get one last line before they dust i think that's really cool
1: especially if you're like a notable vampire for the episode you're always allowed that last little little bit like remember mr trick he like straightened his coat (laughs) he like he's like this will not do so don is running out of the car and justin's chasing her like wait and he catches her and he's like i thought we could like hang out or
0: something (laughs)
1: he's like you're not like other girls you're different there's something special about you i knew it the first time i saw you i just want to be close to you
0: so so this is where i was commenting that I, i think justin is a bit different from zach Zach seems very much like the the hunter, predator, vampire guy, right? We're gonna eat these girls. I'm not saying Justin's like morally conflicted because he's a soulless vampire, but like, I think Justin, maybe he's newer, maybe he's just less used to this whole thing. I think he just he seems a little bit less comfortable with the whole routine of like this is how we're gonna get our meal. And we can see that here with Dawn, where he literally pulls the you're not like other girls line.
1: (laughs) Or maybe he's like genuinely looking for a mate or something, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, can we not, please, can we please (laughs) not refer to anybody looking for Dawn as a mate?
1: (laughs) Uh,. Yeah, so he tells her all these lines, right? Then he touches her and he's like, shh, it's okay. It'll only hurt for a second. Dawn appears to be allowing this to happen. Like, that speech worked on her. It's the
0: whole hypnotism thing.
1: Oh, you think he's hypnotizing her? Is he Dracula?
0: (laughs) I think maybe some vampires just naturally are better at that than others.
1: Especially the cute ones. (laughs) so yeah dawn appears to be allowing him to seduce her into this and i was like maybe you deserve to die dawn, because honestly- changing sides
0: really quickly is she asking for this step okay <laughs> steph consomance rape culture i get it yeah it's fine no
1: mm-hmm. only if she's gonna fall for like, <laughs> that kind of line Oh, uh, whatever so G- giles comes over and he comes out of the bushes and he says i bet you say that to all the girls <laughs> giles you're a superhero um don's like giles justin grabs don from the neck from behind and giles says you have a choice son we can do this the easy way or we can do this the hard way but suddenly all the cars in the bluffs turn their headlights on and a big group of white boy gang vampires leaves the cars
0: were they there the whole time just watching
1: was I, that their I kink? Think- I guess all the vampires, like, found people to make out with and brought them to the Bluffs that night. I don't know. Justin says, what were my choices again? Suddenly Spike is there, just walks right up. <laughs> and how did Buffy and Spike know where they were and find them so easily? I don't know.
0: Maybe Spike could smell something going on? Like all the blood and stuff? I don't know.
1: Teenage pheromones. <laughs> did he smell?
0: Smells like tea <laughs> <cheese> spirit?
1: <for> <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So... Spike walks up and he says is this a private game or can anyone join in and Buffy runs over and says Don are you were you were you parking with a vamp Don says I didn't know he was dead and Justin's like living dead and Don's like shut up And Buffy says how could you not know and Don says I don't know I just met him and Buffy's like oh 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 so you were parking in the woods with a boy you just met And Justin says, we've seen each other at parties. And Buffy's like, shut up. I don't believe you. And Don's like, oh, like you've never fallen for a vampire. So
0: so they're both like saying, Shut up to Jesse. I love how they're just like, you're not involved, your boy. <laughs>
1: shut up, shut up, shut up. And um, yeah, so Dawn says, like, you've never fallen for one. And Buffy's like, that was different. And Dawn says, it always is when it's you. And I was like, Don, we talked about this in season five, Dawn. It is different because Angel had a soul. Like, she kept bringing up Buffy and Angel's relationship back then. And we we're like, Dawn, you were like 10 when that happened. You have no idea. So she's still using it as her trump card to get out of any trouble with Buffy when it comes to her and her feelings for vampires.
0: I I also think this is hilarious because, yeah, like, Buffy was doing this when she was 15. Joyce wasn't thrilled by it, but I think Joyce also was a bit more hands-off. But, like, now that Buffy's in the position of the mom figure for Dawn... I've, I hope she's really understanding what her mom was going through.
1: <laughs> she really relates it's, to her The now. role
0: reversal is so interesting here.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really funny. Um, and a vamp says, <laughs> a random vamp says, excuse me, can we fight now? <laughs> so Buffy says, hey, did anyone just come here to make out? And this couple that's standing in the bush raised their hand. <laughs> And Buffy's like, aw, that's sweet. You run. And so they do. And then Buffy says to the vampires, you scream. (laughs) I love it. So Giles and Spike take off and they start fighting vamps of their own. One vamp runs toward Buffy and shouts, die, Slayer.
0: It's like the computer video game that I played.
1: (laughs) It's so funny. And Buffy literally steps back, stakes him as he runs by. And she's like, "Mm mm-hmm. And he does. Uh, uh, so Justin says to Don your sister's the slayer I knew there was something about you (laughs) so Don punches him and in the stomach and runs away Buffy throws a stake to Giles who dusts two female vampires and it's pretty awesome and then another one tackles him over a car uh Spike is fighting uh the vampire that shouted earlier (laughs) and the vampire says what is your malfunction man and Spike says it's Halloween, you knit. We take the night off. Those are the rules.
0: Um, excuse me, Spike. <laughs> Did you not not take the night off two years through? four years ago?
1: Well, you know, Spike's a liar and a trickster, so the vampire says, me and mine don't follow stinking rules. We're rebels. And Spike ends up kicking him to the ground and says, no, I'm a rebel. You're an idiot. And he shoots him with the hand crossbow that he has before he's also tackled by another vamp. Buffy is fighting this one vampire against a car, and it's a really impressive fight because not only does she do a lot of flippy-doos, but she uh, uses the car in many different ways to fight him, right? She uses the (laughs) the window she kills him with the car door
0: (laughs) that's yeah that's the first time we've seen a a vampire beheaded by car door i i as i was watching the fight i was thinking like oh it's taking buffy a really long time to deal with this vampire but i think it's just because as you said like the uh, fight coordinator really wanted to showcase Buffy's use of the environment here. So that's why the fight's drawn out a bit.
1: Yeah, and it's really good. So so Don is, is wandering the woods. I would have just stuck close to my sister, but whatever. Um, Justin comes up behind her. is like, <laughs> and he tackles her to the ground, gets on top of her and says, give me something good to eat. And I'm shot back to Jesse and Cordelia in the harvest. And it's like, Ugh. and Don says, I thought you really liked me. And Justin's like, I do. And you like me too, and Don says I do. And Justin goes to bite her, but she stakes him with a pencil, I think. Um, and he dusts, and Don cries. And I'm like, please, please tell me what the metaphor is here, Kara, because I really don't want this to be a parallel that Buffy had to kill Angel, and now Don had to kill her Halloween boyfriend.
0: No, I, well, I I think Don's just very overwrought at this point. She's got the vapor stuff. No, no, this is Don's thinking, I can't have a normal life, right? First, I was a key, right? And then my sister, my mom died, my sister died, and now my dad's you know, a deadbeat. The boy, the first boy I kissed was a vampire. Like, Don's not having a good night.
1: He's not, she's not having a good year, right? She's like, I'm only a year old, and this just sucks. This sucks so bad. So let's go back home. Buffy is saying goodbye to Anya and Xander and apologizing about the messing up the engagement party. And Anya says, no, no worries. It gave me time to plan the bridal shower. Where do we order obscenely muscly man strippers? And Xander's like, Anya. And she's like, I'm kidding. Jeez. But then she mouths to Buffy before she leaves. We'll talk. (laughs) So, So Spike also leaves and Buffy tells him good fight as he leaves. And then Willow says, big monster bashing. Sorry, I missed it tara glares at willow and says as long as dawn's all right i think i'm gonna turn in good night and willow follows her being like tara tara so i wonder if she she did that all the way home like tara like stormed home and willow falls i don't
0: i don't think they came home together
1: oh okay you think willow just stood at the bronze sadly for a bit yes giles is icing his face and he's like still ruggedly handsome grandpa indeed don is sitting in the dining room buffy says she's taking it pretty hard and giles says it's not surprising still we can't ignore that kind of behavior something needs to be done before it gets before it spins out of control and buffy says you're right i'm glad you're here to take care of it don't be too hard on her okay (laughs) Oh, and Buffy runs upstairs and Giles watches her run up in disbelief. Oh, Buffy. Like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's hard because on one hand, just like we said, when, B- when Giles gave her the check, when Giles is there to help her with things, Buffy's going through a hard time right now. Buffy's readjusting to life so she can use the extra help. And we can give her space to explore what what her new life is going to be and get used to it. But in this case, for sure, Buffy should have been the one having this conversation with her sister. She's the one that cares the most also. Why couldn't Buffy have had her and Giles do it together? You know, in this case, I don't want to let her off the hook. I do think Buffy should have stepped up and taken responsibility for this.
0: I agree with you. And I think it's very interesting because last season after Joyce's death, Giles was very clear with Buffy that... Buffy has to be the foot-putter-downer when it comes to Don, right? We had that whole conversation in the training room, and now he's walked back from that stance. As you highlighted, I think it's because he's decided, I have to give Buffy a little slack here. It'll be interesting to see as the season goes on, does he once again start to put in those boundaries and and really kind of hand the reins over back to Buffy. And I'm curious to see what happens.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's such a delicate balance here in last episode. I saw it, but here I don't see it as much. And I wonder if Giles also is like, Whoa, maybe I backtrack too much because this Mm -hmm. really is like when it comes to Dawn and, and discipline, he's not her father. You know, I
0: also like how the writers are going about kind of establishing that Buffy uh, is leaning a bit too much on Giles. It's a little bit of this learned helplessness and, you know, it's, nice how they're working it into each of these episodes
1: yeah it, it's it's not even subtly done it's like pretty obvious but i do appreciate that they're adding this to to giles's thought
0: but, but it's just it's just here and there yeah, yeah
1: yeah i like it on a side note i also cannot wait to pull this on my husband <laughs> when, <laughs> when my daughter does something and i'll be like man we sh- she's gonna take this pretty hard good luck and I, just
0: leave. <laughs> just, I have to go just, podcast
1: gt gtfo out of there <laughs> um, don says um when giles approaches her don says is this the part where you tell me you're not angry just disappointed and giles is like yeah pretty much except the bit about not being angry <laughs> what do we think he says
0: to don
1: i think he tells her he murdered ben and he'll murder her too if she doesn't get in line
0: <laughs> oh my god <laughs> too much wow. too
1: is that why i'm not doing the talks my husband will <laughs>
0: Uh I, I no, I'm picturing Sam being one of those dads who's like, Come on. And you know, he takes your daughter by the hand and they go off and they build shelves together and that's how he teaches <laughs> her the value of behaving.
1: Let us wallpaper this wall and at the end we'll have both learned a lesson. <laughs> it's like a Chinese it's like a Chinese proverb. Am thing. I wrong though? No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. He's much more gentle than I am.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're the one who'd be like you're grounded, you're not coming out of your room for a year.
1: Yeah, and then she'll go upstairs and close the door, and I'll be like, are, are you gonna slam it? You, gonna <laughs> I mean? you, didn't, you didn't slam it. You'll no. you'll
0: criticize her for not talking back enough to you, yeah. Right? Yo. I'll
1: be like, come on, I raised you better than that. Where's the fight? Where's the feistiness? Okay, okay. Last scene of the episode. Upstairs, Willow is telling Tara that she's sorry, and Tara's getting ready for bed, and she's like, it's not that easy. Willow says, what do you want from me? Need to do reverse time take it back because i could probably and tara gives her a look and willow's like it's a, it's a joke i don't think i could really willow that's another joke stop joking tara's so fucking serious here tara says you know what could we could we not do this now i'm tired and willow says okay let's just forget it ever happened that's not what she said willow <laughs> she didn't say forget it ever happened she said put it on hold i'm tired willow goes to her dresser she picks up this flower and she says forget. The flower glows briefly. Willow turns off the lights, goes into bed, and Tara is now smiling and cuddles up to her and says, your feet are cold. And Willow's like, better warm me up. And Tara says, this is how every day should always end and start and all the stuff in the middle. And Willow says, so you're not mad? And Tara says, about what? And Willow says, nothing. Smirks all around.
0: Fade to black. What? the actual fuck what just happens to that's
1: fucking diabolical that's like we've had demons on the show that haven't pulled that kind of shit you know
0: yeah like can you can you imagine if angelus did this to buffy like
1: oh like made her forget with some sort of flower magic oh like willow has put a spell on her girlfriend she was gonna put a spell on Xander in season three and you and I were like, hee hee hee, don't do that. And,
0: and it's it's mind manipulation, right? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's the, the equivalent of something blue, but intentional. And, and so I, I don't think I'm taking a radical stance when I, when I come down hard on Willow for this. This is fucked up.
1: This is really bad. Like, this is really, really yeah. bad. And, and
0: I know earlier I was criticizing the show for like, oh, I don't know if like, willow would act this out of character so soon but i actually really like this scene in the sense that i i can understand how when you're in a partnership like this having these kinds of bigger fights is tough because yeah you still have to kind of go into like if you share a bed unless one of you sleeping on the couch you're gonna like lie in bed next to this person and you're still upset and you know tara's like i don't want to talk about this right now i'm tired because she's being a mature adult who knows that if she has an argument with, well, right now she'll probably get upset and say something she's going to regret, right? So she's just mm. like, let's, you know, take this up again. And part of, I say this like I have experience, but from my experience with friendships, like part of being in a, re- a relationship like this as an adult is you have to accept that sometimes you're going to fuck up and you can't make it all better right away. And it's going to take multiple conversations. It's going to take time, days, weeks. Sometimes you can't fix it. And so what I like about this scene, unlike the other scene, this feels very Willow to me. Willow has never wanted to deal with confrontation. Mm -hmm. And Willow hates it when people are mad at her. We talked about this earlier, right? When I'm like, Willow, you know, Buffy, Willow wants a thank you from Buffy because she wants, you know, to please people. Um, It's the same idea here. Willow cannot stand that Tara is upset with her for even a second. And so this is what she resorts to instead of the mature thing of I'm going to go to bed unhappy, but, you know, I'm sure we'll make up tomorrow. Nope, it's like, well, I was like, somebody's upset with me. I can't let this happen, and that—that that to me is textbook, like classic Willow through and through. So oh. that's why I like the scene so much.
1: Oh, absolutely, I agree. It's so consistent with her character. Back in season three, with the affair, um, when Oz was mad at her, she couldn't handle it. She was like stalking him in the hallways at school, and he was like, "I told you mm-hmm. to give me space." So, so yeah, she she hasn't learned clearly. No, she
0: she just acquired more coping strategies that are unhealthy.
1: Yeah, and yeah,
0: harmful and abusive. Like, I I, I have to be very clear. This is abusive behavior. The moment you decide you're going to start manipulating somebody's memories, whether you're gaslighting them the old fashioned way or using memory magic, like this is abusive behavior. Willow has crossed a line here where if Tara were to find out that she did this, I don't think their relationship could survive. I, like, it, And we can have a conversation later on down the line if if this becomes that, right? If, if they have a fight about it, we can talk about like, should Tara forgive Willow? But like at this point, right, Willow has done something that many people would consider unforgivable.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think the episode did a really good job of building up to that because it was the first fight in the kitchen where Willow was denied, denied, and gaslighting what Tara was telling her, right? Like, oh, this is your problem. Like, you're doing this to me, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then the bigger fight in the bronze and now here. So it, it was a really good lead up to this happening, and it's totally believable. And let's just backtrack all the way to, like, Willow's use of magic back in season two i remember so clearly i tried my best to point out all the times that i observed willow seeking out some sort of way to feel powerful a lot of the times it was when she was teaching that class or when she had something Mm -hmm. special about her that she could use to help but the point is that it was always used to help you know it was always used to do the noble thing honor jenny's last wish in restoring Angel's soul that was the first bit of dark magic that Willow ever used but she did it for a noble reason to honor her dead friend but also to help Buffy and to help Angel and save Angel in a lot of ways while her thinking on that has been similar in that she wants to save Buffy by bringing her back from the dead her need to harness dark magic and to be powerful through that magic has only increased since she started using black magic back in season two and I don't know what, what spell she used on Tara here, so this forget spell. Um, this isn't good. The only thing that this helps is Willow.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Who's your hero of the episode, Steph?
1: I chose Giles. Giles was fucking badass in this episode. And he was so funny.
0: <laughs> really? It's not Mrs. Penshaw for alerting everybody to the issue?
1: For being a bad mama-nator? I know.
0: I, I agree with you. It has to be Giles because he was on it this entire episode. He okay. was on fire.
1: Let's talk about all the things Giles did here. So he cleaned his glasses. (laughs) He got. He bought the Scooby's alcohol for their engagement party because they're not old enough yet. Yep. He fathered Xander on the stairs and talked about down payments. It's such a nice thing mm-hmm. to do. He stepped up and took care of the Don situation with Mrs. Penshaw. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. when he did when it should be Buffy. He killed
0: at least three vampires.
1: At least. Um he is the one that told Spike about what's going on. And then at the end he's the one that disciplines Dawn, right? So like yeah, Charles he's is our daddy. the hero. He's the daddy this episode. Thanks, Giles. We have
0: one hot steak today from Danny. Danny wants to talk about, you know, this whole thing with the Scoobies just not dealing well with Buffy coming back and Buffy lying to them about, you know, being in a hell dimension. Danny says, I noticed that no one at any point seems to really ask or research if there's any chance that Buffy's not in a hell dimension, that she's not suffering or that she could be at peace. Angel is their only reference point, sure. But it comes up so many times that Buffy needs us. We can't leave her there, etc. They leave no room for any other possibilities because then they have to admit that it's not for Buffy. It's for them. Then, when she comes back, they need her to be okay so immediately. Willow needs her gratitude and happiness. I think it's so much easier to justify their want to bring her back and then the fact that they did as long as they don't let anything in that could contradict their justification. Willow needs gratitude from Buffy, maybe partly because without it, she may have to confront the fact that she did an awful, selfish thing with very little thought to how the whole process would actually impact Buffy, rather than them. The way the Scoobies talk about, and to Buffy, in these first few episodes, just feels like one huge denial of their own motivations and forcing Buffy to absolve them of any guilt. Look inwards, Scoobies. Own your shit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. We, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with all of that, Danny.
0: Uh, indeed. Yeah, that's pretty much been the theme of these past couple of episodes, <laughs> and it will be interesting to me, like, how much longer will the writers play out this dramatic irony of we you know and Spike knows, basically, right? that buffy was in heaven or thinks she was in heaven uh is this going to be like a season long thing where like maybe like in the penultimate episode of the season they find out do they ever find out like i'm curious it it didn't come up in this episode directly i'm curious like when is the next time buffy brings it up to spike or something like that i want to see where this goes
1: yeah me too and you know what um we have a very big episode coming up next week. I think, Alana, you know what it is. It's a but, big one, but what? what
0: it's just know? episode seven of the season. That's nothing special. special no
1: big about deal. That. Everyone knows episode six is the one that we have to look out for all the way. <laughs> but I think this episode did an excellent job of leading up to. The next episode, right? We've got a lot of things going on here. They've
0: certainly set up a lot of conflict for the season. Yeah, we'll see what episode seven has in store. <laughs>
1: Woo! All right, we have our chosen ones to thank. Thank you to Emma, Kyle, Destiny, Erica, Allison, Jace, Haley, Tasha, Ricky, and Amy.
0: Thanks, Lizzie, Holly, Kayla, Jordan, Julian, Nicola, Luis, Joshua, Reese, and Susanna
1: see you next week for this special episode. Bye! Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. If you want and can't afford to donate, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options.
0: We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week.
1: We also invite you to join us in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels. Follow
0: us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. And Prophecy underscore girls on Twitter.
1: Also email us at at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website prophecygirls.ca where you can find the link to our Discord. Can't wait to hear from you. Praise Molik See you next week.